scripture passage this morning comes from James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone, and again, welcome to Boston Church, Christ the King, joint live streaming service. I want to talk to you this morning about godly wisdom, godly wisdom. When we talk about wisdom, generally speaking, you know, sometimes... Wisdom is something that even when you think you have it, you don't. There's a man who went to a liquor store on his bicycle and he bought a bottle of whiskey and he put it in his bicycle basket. As he was about to leave, he thought to himself, thinking that he was wise, that if he fell off his bicycle, the whiskey bottle would break. So he drank all the whiskey, then got on his bicycle and cycled home. When he finally got home, he thought, you know, it turned out to be a very good decision because he fell off the bicycle several times. Ah. <laughs> uh, when we think of wisdom, you know, you know it, it, it's always associated with knowledge. You know, the wise man Solomon, when he, you know, when, when he was given the opportunity by God to ask you know, for something, he, he asked for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And wisdom and knowledge are somehow intertwined, they're somehow related. And knowing the difference between wisdom and knowledge is very similar to understanding the difference between truth and fact. Uh, let me explain. A man told his wife and children that he was going to the nearby lake to catch some fish for dinner. He had done this many times, so his wife agreed. She told him, you know, make sure you are back before five because that's when I start cooking for dinner. He proudly announced he was specifically going after bass fish. 
the favorite fish of his wife. Well, after two hours on the lake, he had caught nothing. Zilch, zip, nada, nothing. Fish not biting at all. Not even a minnow. So he packed up his gear and put it in the back of his pickup. He immediately stopped by a nearby fish market, walked up to the counter and asked the attendant if he had any bass. The attendant replied, yes. Could I have three? The man said, make sure they're fresh. Well, the attendant started to wrap the fish in in, in, in paper, uh, the man stopped him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, no, 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 just, just throw them to me. What? He said, no, just, come on, just throw them to me. So the attendant threw the fish one by one to the man who caught them and placed them in, the, in, in his bucket. Upon reaching home, his wife greeted him gleefully and asked, so master fisherman, how was it? Pretty good, the man replied. I caught three bass. Wow, said his wife. How did you do that? Oh, I just went to my special location that I know always has bass. <laughs> Fact. Fact is, he caught three bass fish. Truth is, he didn't catch three bass fish. There is a difference between fact and truth. Similarly, <laughs> the relationship between knowledge and wisdom are intertwined and very interesting, very interrelated, you might say, but they are slightly different. One could say that knowledge is the acquisition of facts, Wisdom is the ability to use or to respond to that knowledge in a godly fashion. It is on this foundation of thought that the Apostle James tells us, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. That is found in James chapter 4 verse 17. Uh, we'll get to that in a couple of weeks. Simply knowing to do good is in and of itself not wisdom. <laughs> because James tells us that if you know to do good and you don't do it, then to you that is sin. And sin can never be a wise action or thought. To put it simply, generally speaking, Wisdom is knowing how to use acquired knowledge in a sensible way. To illustrate this further, I'll share with you a, a couple of months ago uh, at, at the school, Dayspring Christian Academy, um, an eighth grade student asked me if a tomato was a fruit or a vegetable. I had heard that question before and I knew the answer, but I wasn't sure why. So I looked it up. 
And when I looked it up, according to Encyclopedia Britannica, tomatoes are botanically defined as fruits. Yeah, believe it or not, tomato is a fruit. Tomatoes are botanically defined as fruits because they form from a flower and contain seeds. Simple as that. Botanically, a fruit is a ripened flower ovary and contains seeds, according to Britannica. So I related this information to the class. Tomatoes are fruits, and I proudly gave them the reason. Yeah, I gave them the source of my information also. So what's the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Well, knowledge, knowledge is knowing that tomatoes are fruits. Wisdom is not to put tomato in a fruit salad. Well, let's look at the difference between earthly wisdom and godly wisdom. James takes us to another level when expounding on the topic of wisdom. He announces that there is a clear difference between a wisdom which is humanistic and a wisdom which is from God. In verse 15 he says that such wisdom that is earthly, that is humanistic, such wisdom is earthly, it is unspiritual, even goes to far as calling it demonic. That's amazing. Earthly wisdom, wisdom that is not from God. It could be recognized in the world as people who are crafty. People who are, you know, um, good manipulators of others. But James says this kind of wisdom is evil. It's demonic. It's dark. It's sinful. It is the enemy of our souls. Verse 16 tells us that it's, it is evidence, it evidences itself in the harboring of bitter jealousy, selfish ambitions, which produces disorder and every evil practice. Wow. That's the kind of wisdom that you want to run from. That's the kind of wisdom that sometimes, unfortunately, is admired. Because a lot of people in, you know, with worldly success and worldly power, they have this kind of wisdom. Because they are able to manipulate and they are able to persuade and they are able to go through and maneuver through a particular situation, especially in the business world. Sometimes crumbling the efforts of others while they themselves rising to the top. James says, this kind of wisdom, it's dark, it's sinful, and he even calls it demonic. That, my friends, is scary. 
That means we should stay far from this kind of wisdom and seek the wisdom that is from above. True wisdom, he tells us, is from above and comes from the Father. The wise man Solomon wrote, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10. This fear that Solomon speaks about is not a fear that means that we are to be afraid of God, but a fear which leads us to recognize God's awesome power, God's holiness, His ultimate control of life and death, and to recognize also His infinite love. When we fear the Lord in this way, Solomon says that we have only begun our journey of finding wisdom. <laughs> the fear of the Lord is the beginning. That's where we start. That's the fundamental you know, aspect of, of, of wisdom. The fear of the Lord. Recognizing His awesome power. Recognizing His holiness. When we recognize God's awesome power. We recognize that God is the ruler of this universe. Uh, recently, a young man was talking with me, and you know he was he was talking about uh, you know as uh, as we, we we brought up the topic of you know you know suicide, and 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 he mentioned that there he couldn't understand why someone would take their life and take their own life. And, and, and he said, you know, when, when you think of yourself and the life that you live, it is such a minute part of the entire concept of, of, of God's creation. He said, why would you take yourself out of this? Why would you not want to be part of this? And, 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 and you know, I never thought of it like that. But that's an amazing thought. That's a wise thought from a young man. That, that our lives, when we think about it, our lives are only just a small part of the, you know, when we think of human history, what has gone on before, what will go on after us. Just a small part. And we should enjoy. Because God, God's power, you know, we, we, God's power is awesome. And, 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 and his impact upon our lives. There's a, you know, a songwriter says, how big is God? He's big enough to, to rule this mighty universe, but small enough to live within the heart. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To recognize God's awesome power. To recognize his holiness. Here's the thing, and, and, and there, is, there is one particular person from our congregation, you know, we, you know, we always start the service sometimes, you know, by saying, you know, God is good, and the folks say, all the time, and all the time, God is good, and, 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 and there's a particular sister in the church who doesn't use the word good, and, and you know, she says, you know, God is great. All the time and all the time, God is great. Well, one of the reasons I use the term good is, 
In, in, in the book of Genesis, when it, it, it speaks about God's creation, God created the heaven and, and the earth, and, and God saw everything, and God saw that it was good. The Hebrew word that is used there for the word good is the same word that is used for the word pure or holy. So when God created the heavens and the earth, he saw that it, his creation was good. His creation was pure. His creation was holy. So when, 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 when I say God is good, I'm not just talking about, you know, um, you know, you know, good like he's a, he has good intentions or, you know, he's a, he's a good person. Like, you, you know, you think of um, good, better, best, you know, never let it rest. Till your good is better and your better best. <laughs> yeah, learn that in element, you know, elementary school. But when we say, you know, that God is good, we mean that God is holy. God is pure all the time. And all the time, God is pure. And when we recognize God's holiness, we have no alternative but to look within ourselves and to see ourselves and to see your sinfulness and to see ourselves. And we, we see the, inf the, the, the finiteness of our existence. Wisdom is the fear. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. To see his holiness. To see his ultimate control over life and death. God gives life and he can withdraw it. God is the ultimate controller of life and death. When we recognize and fear God, we recognize his infinite love. Jeremiah tells us that God has loved us with an everlasting love. We know the situation. We know about people who love us because of. We know that people love us because of what they can get from us or what you know, they think we can give to them. But God loves us in spite of who we are. When I think of God's love, I think of the people who know you. The people who know you and know your shortcomings. The people who you irritate because they know you so well. <laughs> and it's funny how sometimes it's the people who we love that we irritate the most. Because they know us so well. They not only know our good points, they know our shortcomings, they know our bad points. And sometimes we just rub people the wrong way and there's nothing much we can do about it we can try and we can try and you know for a day or two it gets better and then because of our human nature because of who we are we just fall back into an old pattern and we are our old selves again and it's it makes it difficult for that person to constantly love us with the purest of love. God. 
knows everything about us. <laughs> Amen. God knows everything about us. Knows our strength and he knows our weaknesses. <laughs> you know, um, I've been to a number of job interviews and I've interviewed, you know, I've, I've been on the both end. I've, I've done job interviews and I've gone to, in, you know, to, to, to job interviews. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, one of the questions they always ask you, I, I, I try to stay away from, from the, you know, the, the, the obvious. Sometimes when I'm interviewing a person, I'll, I'll throw some offhanded questions. But one of the questions that is often asked, you know, um, what, what, what would you say are your, you know, your strength? And then when you, when you hear that question, you're, you're answering that question, but you are already thinking because you know the next question. You know what's coming next. <laughs> They're going to ask you, and what would you say are some of your weaknesses? And you try to be honest, but not so honest that you put yourself out of the position to not get the job. <laughs> you try to be honest, but you know, not the, I, I, I got weaknesses, but you know, they're not that bad. <laughs> but God knows your weaknesses. And still, he loves you with an infinite love. That's the kind of God whose wisdom I could seek. When we fear the Lord in this way, fearing Him, recognizing His power, recognizing His holiness, recognizing His ultimate control of life and death, and recognizing His infinite love, when we Fear the Lord in this way, Solomon says, we have only just begun the journey of wisdom. James tells us clearly about God's wisdom. Verse 17 reads, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure, then peace-loving, gentle, accommodating, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Wow. First of all, it's pure. That is the number one criteria for defining wisdom from above. In other words, only persons with pure hearts can have this wisdom. Ouch. I say ouch because we're all sinners. So who then can attain this wisdom? Those who humble themselves before God and repent and seek his cleansing and ask for wisdom. Because God says if you lack wisdom, ask. James chapter 1 and verse 5. We did that a few weeks ago. Quite a few weeks ago. If any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. I like that James just didn't say, if any one of you lack, lacks wisdom, you should ask of God who gives. But he says... 
Let him ask of God who gives generously <laughs> to all. In other words, sometimes, you know, I mean, God will give us even more wisdom than we actually, you know, <laughs> ask for. He'll give us more wisdom than we actually need. This purity of heart is not an imaginary or fictional state. It is actually attainable because God promises it to his children. It is fleshed out in everyday life. James tells us that it is peace-loving, gentle, accommodating, full of mercy and good fruit. It's impartial and sincere. A wise person is peace-loving. His or her actions and words do not stir up wars, discord, or strife. Not a busybody, not a troublemaker. A wise person is gentle. He or she is careful that their words and actions do not result in harm or hurt to others. Be careful, little hands, what you do. <laughs> Don't steal. Used to sing that little song in Sunday school. Be careful, little tongue, what you say. Don't lie. Be careful, little feet, where you go. Says, don't kick. For the Father up above, looking down with tender love. <laughs> watch your eyes, watch your eyes, what they see. A person, a wise person is accommodating. He or she is open to reason, willing to hear another person's point of view. A wise person is full of mercy and good fruit. He or she is filled with compassion and reflects the fruit of the Spirit as listed by Paul in Galatians chapter 5. A wise person is impartial, meaning that person is genuine or unwavering without partiality. A wise person is sincere, not hypocritical, not two-faced, not two-tongued. Their yes is yes, their no is no. A wise person is not a fictional character, but a child of God who lives in a real world. So the question is, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good conduct. That's, that's not my question, actually. That's, that's James' that's James's, uh, question and his answer. <laughs> Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good conduct, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The humility that comes from wisdom. The fruit of evidence of wisdom is demonstrated by good conduct as we just described. 
James goes on to say in 13 that it is shown by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The topic of humility is difficult to wrap our, our minds around. Because once you think you have it, then you probably don't. One of my siblings, and I'm not going to, you know, name names here, <laughs> but one of my siblings, you know, uh, you know, one of his favorite songs is, is, is a song written by Mac Davis. Mac Davis confuses us even more with these lyrics. Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. <laughs> I can't wait to look in the mirror. Because I get better looking each day. To know me is to love me. I must be a hell of a man. Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble. But I'm doing the best that I can. Yeah, that's pretty much confuses the entire topic. But obviously that song does not truly depict humility. And yes, humility is a, a strange thing. It's attainable, but it's also so very elusive. Because the moment you think you have it, you've lost it. And if you don't re realize that you have lost it, you will not regain it. The moment you realize that you have lost it and begin to seek it, you have only begun the journey to regaining it. So I leave you with this. Let us seek God's wisdom every day, knowing that our human nature revolts against God's wisdom. This is the dichotomy. Of our Christian reality. Let us pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth. As it is in heaven. Let us pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In my heart. As it is in heaven. Let us pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Lord, give us this wisdom to make this Lord's Prayer a reality. God, godly wisdom is the way to go. Let's pray. God, we just ask that You would use your, your words, your words, Lord, which can ignite our souls, can ignite our hearts, can enlighten our minds to true wisdom, wisdom that is from above, wisdom that is first pure, peaceable. May we seek this wisdom, O God. And may we do this with hearts yearning after you, 
May your will be done in our hearts as it is in heaven. In Christ's name we pray.